All right, there we go. There's a cable. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Down in the Valley. My name is Edson Ochoa. And good evening, Blues fan. Good evening, uh, Cisco. Good evening, Houston. Good evening, Rio Grande Valley. Um, this is episode 32 of Down in the Valley, for, uh, covering your RGB FC Toros and all of uh, Rio Grande Valley soccer. Um, my name is Edson Ochoa, and I am one of your co-hosts uh, for for Down in the Valley. My other co-host is uh, is actually back the this week after doing a Canadian or pretty much North U.S. South Canada uh, tour. And Jacob Young, he's he's back uh, from from that. You know, I'm pretty sure he has a lot of um, uh, interesting um, anecdotes from his trip over there. I believe he went to go see the Portland Houston game, and he was there in Vancouver uh, as well. So he's he's back uh, for down in the valley. Um, before before we go with uh, with Jacob, I do want to say, uh, be sure to check out our friends from the Beautiful Game Network. Um, they they are are our producers and uh, pretty much are, have been our support for this podcast. Uh, to get to get them into uh, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, Google Play Store, iTunes, uh, and Stitcher, and uh, so be sure to check them out uh, on their website uh, bgn.fm, where you can find our podcast and uh, other podcasts of the USL, including the USL show, Sock Takes, um, Ri- Rising as One, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also check out the Beautiful Game Network's uh, primary sponsor, which is um, Roughneck Scarves. Be sure to check them out at uh, roughneckscarves.com. They are the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and uh, NCAA. Uh, be sure to check out our website, downinthergv.com. Uh, we will be posting articles, uh, pictures, wallpapers, etc., you name it. Be sure to check that out as well for, for whenever we do or we update that website. Uh, be sure to follow us on our social media, and it is posted down there. We have our Twitter, which is down in the RGV, uh, and then Facebook down in the RGV as well. Uh, look for us on YouTube. Just search for us down in the valley. Make sure you add RGVFC in order to com- to find us as well, and on Instagram at in the at down in the RGV.com as well. I will let you all know. Uh, we did have just like we started with Generation Orange on on Tuesday. We I did add the the link for the tipping link uh, down there. So you know if you guys want to donate, uh, tip us you know a dollar, three dollars, uh, five dollars, you know anything anything that that, that you can uh, tip us, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. It would help us uh, help uh, bring you a lot better and more content. Uh, for down in the RGV to cover your RGV FC Toros. Having said all of this, man, how are you doing, Jacob? Doing well. Great to be back. Um, excited to get into it, especially talking about the Las Vegas Lights game and just everything else that has come after it as well. Definitely. I mean, it, it's it's been it hasn't been as hectic as as uh, past three weeks. But you know, it, there's been there's been a lot of uh, movements uh, going on, and we'll get to that we'll get to that uh, later on in, in the show. Uh, but first of all, you know, just talk to us a little bit about what what, what your what your week was, how your your little vacation was, man. My vacation, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, started off obviously Portland versus Vancouver, or Portland versus Vancouver. I wish. 
No, Portland versus uh, Houston. And thanks for the tip, Blues fan. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was a spectacular game. Let me tell you something. The Portland Timber fans are much nicer than the Seattle Sounder fans. That experience for me was much better than the experience that I had last year when I went to the Seattle Sounders game because those fans were weird and a lot more hectic. Like, there was no people that basically yelled at us when we walked into the uh, stadium. Mm -hmm. They basically said, uh, good luck and things like that. They were very nice, which was a really good experience. So very good on the Portland Timber side, for sure. So what it, so you mentioned, you know, that they were, they were nicer to, to visiting away fans, but as far as the atmosphere inside the stadium, you've, you've been to both and let's settle this once and for all. Who has the better atmosphere, Seattle or Portland? Portland by far. Why? Because it's a much smaller stadium. And uh, yeah, sure, they made their stadium smaller so that they could fit, make it louder. It works. That stadium is ridiculously loud sometimes. And when they get into it, they get into it. As in, it, it gives you chills, especially at the start of the game. You When they sing the national anthem, all the uh, Timber Army gets into it and they start singing and it's like really lightly around the stadium. So it just brings chills. And especially at the end of the national anthem, they wave their scarves, which is one of the coolest things because every single fan waves their scarf at the start of the game. And then obviously they yell home with the Timbers, which that's still cool. But that waving their, their uh, scarf thing is epic. And that's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully it's on my bucket list. Actually, uh, going to to see a uh, a match, a Houston Dynamo match over there in either one of those two, either one of those two stadiums. Uh, I'll, I'll settle with just because you know they're the they now with Atlanta United, you know. But them too, it was pretty much neck and neck. Who was who was the better fan base? Who put the most pressure on opposing teams and things like that. Um, so thank you, Blues fan, for your $1 tip. He says, all of Houston will one day see the fruits of labor coming out of the RGV. This stream has been influential in allowing me access to another club with ties to the Dynamo. The work you two put in is phenomenal, and I want to thank you guys for everything. Thanks a lot, Blues fan. You know, if it wasn't for you all, I think this would have been dead and, dead and buried a, a, long, a long time ago because, you know, uh, a podcast can can only go uh, so much without without support, and you guys, all of you guys that ha that are constantly week in and week out, you know, have been tuning in to down in the valley. You know, it it really that really motivates us to continue uh, to doing what we love to do, and that is covering uh, the Toros not only for the RGV, but we mentioned it since the beginning, but also for the Houston Dynamo fans that want to know more about their their affiliate down there in the Rio Grande Valley. So, um, all right, so let's so let's get let's get on with it. Be sure to guys go ahead and leave a like and share the video uh, if you guys have enjoyed this so far and uh, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and, and plunge ourselves into all that was Las Vegas Lights versus Rio Grande Valley FC. Another loss that another loss away, man. And um, I really like, like I said, I really not. I'm really not surprised um, that we lost uh, at least with the minimum, with the minimum scored. 
Um, what I did not expect was that Las Vegas Likes would take so long to to score their 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 game winning goal, and who scored the goal? That's what surprised me the most. Yeah, that was surprising for sure. But I mean, just talking about the game from the start, it was a classic RGVFC start in a way. You were basically chasing RGVFC, or to me, Las Vegas in a way. They were mm-hmm. basically chasing them, trying to put pressure on them constantly. And so that when it went to the second half, they had a lot less energy than they needed to basically control Las Vegas. And so when it got late into the game, that's the whole reason why that goal happened. RGVFC had nothing else to give. They had nothing left. I watched that game up until that goal and was like, yeah, we're done. If we end up losing by a bigger scoreline, that's exactly why. We just had nothing left to give in the tank. No, definitely. I mean, I got home late um, that night because I was at the at the Dynamo Stadium, you know, doing press conference. But I managed to see uh, the second half of the match, and it was I don't know. We went back to what we had already worked on, had already gotten better, had already improved, which was getting the shots on frame. And this match was pretty much back to the same shots up in the air. Uh, being very, very impatient, not be, being able to cross the ball correctly. Uh, it was not until Carlos Small came in uh, when it, things started looking better for the Toros. Uh, they started having a, you know, shots on goal, shots that that uh, Ferrino was able to take out. Who, by the way, that goalkeeper Ricardo Ferrino is a beast. He looked beastly out there, you know. Any chance that RGV was able to get on frame, he was able to get it out. Even those that you would never imagine he would able to 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 save. Yeah, he was really impressive for sure. And it goes back to almost reminding me basically of the San Antonio FC game when RGV FC was at home. He looked like that guy basically because he, he was in insanely good in a way just was able to save everything that rgbfc had to play but then getting back with rgbfc it's like their classic road game they it like we all know they want to play better on the road but throughout this whole season if you look at their road record obviously we haven't won a game on the road yeah but if you look at that we lose a lot of games by just not being able to score or just defense totally collapsing at ends of games. So look back, it's just another classic uh, RGFC defeat on the road. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think this is the, that's the best way to summarize the RGVFC, you know, the play style, how they're playing on the road, and that is not being able to get chances on goal and just one defensive defensive mistake, one mishap. Uh, and the opposition takes advantage of it. I mean, it's looking back at that play, you know, even Las Vegas wasn't really, they did not know what they wanted to do until like, because even Omar Salgado was kind of surprised that, that, uh, who was it? Was it Kobayashi? I think it was Kobayashi 
that he went short on that free kick and, and it's like, oh, okay, I get, I guess I'll, I'll go, I'll cross it. And I, and then Wiki was able to uh, get over Omaron Tiveros uh, in order to get that shot past Nico Cordy. And then, you know, but going back, Carlos Small, you know, he once again, him and Chuy Enriquez provided that, that spark in the offense. But Perriño was beastly, and Aldo Quintanilla, who came in, uh, who was the starter today, it's he stopped being that Aldo Quintanilla that got the attention from the Dynamo. I don't know what you think, but for me, I think he hit a really bad slump. Oh, he, he has for sure. He hasn't really done anything that has impressed us in this past month in a way. Technically, uh, at the end of July, we kind of, I, I kind of could tell that he was on a down slump because we look at who was our best players through that time. It was Bryce Marion, Chewy Enriquez. And then, of course, now we put in um, Carlos Small, and he's looked better than Aldo Quintanilla. And it's only been about his second week with the team, maybe mm. a bit longer with the team, but the second week basically uh, started or starting. So it it just goes, or well, going off the bench, I should say, actually, because just, yeah, it's been a shock to see Aldo go the way that he is, but we have, con well, I wouldn't say constantly, but we've seen that when Houston are looking at a player, from RGVFC, they do normally get nervous and they do end up becoming getting into a slump. I believe we've seen that before. Now, this was, I brought this up on Tuesday and Generation Orange, and I really want to want to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think that the, um, what's the word of it? Do you think that this competition that is brought up now with the addition of Carlos Small, Bryce Marion as well. Do you think that has affected negatively on Aldo Quintanilla? Do you think that the pressure has gotten too much for him? Or is it one of those things where, oh, well, I was the, the starter and now I'm not anymore, so I'm just going to quit. What, what are your takes on this? What do you see from this? I think it's a bit both in a way that, yeah, that pressure has gotten to him. I can kind of tell that it has gotten to him now. But at the same time, he's kind of quit because he, I guess, can kind of tell right now that, oh, crap, I'm not the best anymore. And he's a lot better than me. I don't know if I can actually make that next step. So I guess, well, not really in both, but I guess, yeah, he's it's gotten too much for him. You know, and I think it's I think it's sad. It, it it's a disappointment uh, for me because you know we talked so well about Alu Quintanilla, the the effort that he would that he would bring into the game, uh, the the mentality, and when push came to shove, like he just he just decided to not not show up. I mean, just look at, take a look at this game. It was a bunch of shots that were that are, and it, not only this game, but also in previous matches, were underpowered shots, 
shots totally off frame. And that is something we had not seen from Aldo Quintanilla. Then all of a sudden that this is happening. I mean, and the fact that what makes it more surprising is that he started, uh, he was a starter this week and you just really didn't, really didn't see much from him. So I think in the Dynamo point of view, when we've talked about what the Dynamo are looking at this, and Sean has mentioned it as well, the mentality of the players. If Aldo Quintanilla has been like that, or is really going through this, then this is not what the Dynamo are looking for. They want uh, they want somebody that that'll always be persistent and uh, and fighting for that top spot because you're never you're there's always going to be somebody better than you. So. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully that is not the case. I do, I do know. I'm not sure if this is related or not um, to how he played this game. Not sure. I know that yesterday, Aldo Quintanilla on Instagram posted that I think he was feeling a little sick. Like he took a he took a picture of some electrolytes. Not sure if that's related. I uh, hope hope you get better, Aldo. Espero que te mejores. But you know. When you're out on the field, you know you gotta you gotta give it your all. Uh, at least, como like coach has said many times, at least get the ball get the ball on frame. We know you can do it, and uh, that you're pretty much at that standard. But it's, from the the day that you played for the Dynamo and scored a brace with the Dynamo, you're held at a higher standard than maybe many others, many other uh, strikers at our, back at RGVFC. Because you already have first team uh, experience, so you know what you have a little bit more of an idea what's expected. So I think that's you just need to work on that uh, because we're at this point of the season where we need a lot of goals if we want to continue with aspirations of making it to the playoffs. Yeah, not just necessarily goals. We need our defense to step up every single time as well and not give away uh, set pieces. Yes, I know that, that was a luck, kind of an unlucky set piece that we did give up at Las Vegas, but our defense still needs to be on point, especially on the road where we need the points the most now because I believe we can it if we're really keeping this, um, I guess, streak alive at home, it can actually grow even lo- larger yes. because we haven't really lost in a while at home. And that's right now where our points are coming from. So that's big. Everyone needs to play well. That does That is including Aldo because remember, if um, Matt Jordan, or yeah, I believe, yeah, Matt Jordan is looking at Aldo, he knows there's potential. That means Aldo needs to play his heart out every single game, especially given the fact, just like you said, he's got first team, um, he's got first team reps, so mm-hmm. that's even bigger on everyone else. He needs to be that leader with, uh, Todd Warden, and show that. Look, take by example. I'm playing well. You should be playing like this as well. But of course, he's not, and so now it's like, what's really going on? Yeah, definitely. This is this comes at at a time where it's not needed at all. Um, I think I think this is, gives a bigger opportunity for uh, Wilmer Cabrera Jr. 
to continue to show what he's got. And I think we saw it um, in this match. I know he had a, a diving header that was saved uh, by Ferrino. That and so I think he he's shown uh, some improvement as well. And if Aldo isn't careful, I mean, just uh, even with Carlos Small like coming in as as long as he starts getting more match fit, you know, he might he might be benched. I mean, what? Uh, so you can't you can't rest on your laurels. Um, no, I did I did not say. Wait, what was what was that? <laughs> you remember? Was it? It was Laurel and. Do you remember that audio? Oh, La, uh, Ronnie. I said I said I said Laurel, not Ronnie. Um, so this is the lineup. So this was the lineup for uh, RGBFC. Oh, by the way, let me just go ahead and say uh, thank you, Rene, uh, for subscribing to to Down in the Valley. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, he will he will be on in a couple of minutes. Uh, there was something that he wanted to present to us RGBFC fans. Um. Uh, in, in regards to esports with e, uh, with FIFA 18, FIFA 19, uh, we will get into a, uh, more details when we come back from the break in a, in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, and then after that, we will continue to talk about uh, Las Vegas Lights uh, versus RGBFC, and then we'll, we'll head into Sacramento and the Sacramento match. Um, so the starting 11 for RGBFC that that day was Nico Cordiango, who sadly was not able to be, not able to get a clean sheet. I uh, had Kai Green, Connor Donovan, Omar Tiveros, Manny Padilla, Nicolas Perea, Todd Warden, Wilmer Cabrera, Matias Saldivar, Pablo Aguilar, and Aldo Quintanilla. For Las Vegas Lights, he had Ricardo Ferriño, ex Ascenso MX player, Joel Wiki, Wiki Dios, Rodrigo Iniego, Miguel Ángel Garduño, Christian Torres, Juan Carlos Garcia, Daigo Kobayashi, Marco Jaime, Omar Salgado, Freddy Adu, and Samuel Ochoa. Thoughts? It's a tough lineup, that's for sure. I mean, you've got a lot of veteran stars that are technically they're good players. Mm -hmm. Of course, you've got that one from the United States. Yes, I'm talking about Freddy Adu that really... He's still playing in the USL, this time with Las Vegas Lights. We talked about it before when he played. He did nothing for the United States men's national team when needed, so I don't really care for that guy that much. And, of course, if he can't beat that player, especially not in his prime, who else can you beat? To be fair, I really did not see much uh, in the like um, in the play in the play-by-play um, stats. I didn't really see much of Freddie Adu. In fact, he came off uh, as a substitute. Um, I think the the biggest concern here is with the fact that Omar Salgado and Daigo Kobayashi was able to do whatever they wanted uh, with this team. Uh, I felt like from what I saw in the match, uh, Las Vegas Lights tended to be very, very dynamic uh, with their play. Uh, they tried to take advantage of the RGBFC coming up uh, whenever they they went to attack, and so they tried to go. I guess you can say in the on the counter attack, and they had many opportunities uh, where they could have taken advantage and scored a, a goal earlier in the match. Whether it was you know uh, an extremely long uh, touch or a bad pass, but they weren't able to really uh, take advantage of these situations. But that's another thing that 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 is kind of concerning to me is 
whenever RGVFC go up and attack, and if you're going up against a very dy- a dynamic team, it's we're going to we're more than likely going to be burned, and it's not the first time that that has happened in the season. Yeah, I, I agree for sure. It, it that team for sure was dynamic. Uh, it was just a different type of play style for sure. Yet all during the season, of course, when we played at them at home, we were fine. We were able to beat them uh, with speed and just being able to close things down. Of course, yes, coach, the coach did end up changing a couple of things around, but in a way, you could still beat them. I know that, yes, it has happened before, but it can stop happening, that's for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have the players in our. I mean, it's not like the Dynamo, uh, where, and you saw yesterday's match. I mean, where, and especially in the first goal. I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of teams in the MLS are taking advantage that our center backs are slow. You know, Sandy's not that fast. Ni- neither is uh, Machado, and so you see a lot of lob through balls taking advantage of the speed. And our and our guys are supposed to be younger. Uh, I guess you could say more agile, and they're falling through the same thing. Now, is it a system issue, or is it a player's issue? It would fall on both, as in, yes, it is a system issue, because we're getting those types of players. In my opinion, we like this is for Houston. Houston really never really needed to get... Um, to get Adolfo Machado. I'm sorry, he's not that good in my opinion. He made the national team great, but he just wasn't that good. He's he's a veteran, a really, yeah, big veteran that might have one or two more years left on him. And, of course, then we're looking at getting those, kind of those types of players for RGVFC. Yes, they are a lot younger, but, and yes, they can still have a chest throw but mm-hmm. just I think we need to invest more in the center back position the left back position and even the right back position because yeah our defense is looking fine but like you said we get burned a lot on that wide side LA Galaxy 2 that's how we lost that game we got burned a lot on the wider sides yeah I mean I just, I just hope, I mean, we've done decently so far. I mean, we, the defense is good, but whenever we are caught up too far up, that's where the problems happen. And Nico Cordy or whoever's in the back can't really save you all the time. I mean, we, I mentioned it before that this defense is gelling and it's gelling good. There's a lot of potential and it just tweak that little detail right there. And we might be we might be solid. All right. So uh, we're we are going to uh, talk. We're gonna have Rene uh, coming in, and he's gonna be talking to us about what uh, his uh, esports team. Hey Rene, how are you doing? Hold on. Can you hear me? Rene, can you hear me? 
can you hear me over there? Internet? Can you hear me? Hey, Rene, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm so much fun. How are you going? Real good, real good. I uh, just uh, had a couple of issues with the mixer, but uh, we're good now. Uh, so, Rene, you were talking to me yesterday um, about your little... So, you basically, you were telling me that you have an esports team that plays pro clubs and FIFA 18. And uh, apparently, you are, you're pretty much representing the Toros. Is that right? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for the for the space. I will try to be quick uh, to not take over time and your audience. But uh, okay, FIFA quickly. FIFA has several uh, mode gaming. One of them is Pro Clubs. What is what is Pro Clubs? Pro Clubs is you create a player, play at your position, play eleven on eleven, and get it going. Right now, what uh, I'm playing on a uh, ACL, that is gonna, uh, the, the best American pro league that is out there. We're playing on their PS4. So, what basically is ACL got finished. Right now, there's a cup called Kick Childhood Cancer. Kick Childhood Cancer is an MLS, uh, it's an MLS movement for kids with cancer. So, what we did is we register our team, registration covered, uh, the registration, all the money was sent to this uh, charity, and basically it was just American club. There was teams from the U.S., and we, the first thing that came in mind was, why not represent in a region, and we decided to represent our RGV FC total. Yeah, that, that's excellent. Um you know, it's it's really. I think, I think it's we've come a long way. You know, where now we have a team that we can actually be proud to call as a representative of the region enough to <laughs> you know to use use that identity to and to take it up uh, a notch. Whether you know, in in your case, in in uh, esports. And so, what is the what is the main focus right now? Like, how like how many tournaments has your team? Uh, been uh, been to. Okay, this one is our first uh, ACC Cup. It's the third one they made, but it's the first one that we are in, and we the first one we represented. We started with our, our right foot, and we're representing our, our region, the places that all of all of our players live. Mm -hmm. So we are just people from the valley. That's why we wanted to represent our our colors that uh, are the RGVFC models. Mm -hmm. We've been playing for two seasons under Tunosa, that's the other team, that's, that's, that's uh, where everything started. Yes. But right now we're focused on, on, on this one, they're representing our valley, our people, so that way they can have a, a bright side. On, not, not, not want to say that uh, the, 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 the real team is uh, playing not good, but, but we at least want to see present on the virtual side as well definitely i i mean it's 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 great that you guys have been able to gel, gel this this team together 
And you mentioned to me when we were talking that you guys go up, especially in, in this cup that you're talking about, the childhood cancer one, you guys are going against really tough competition. Yes, we're, we're playing against, okay, esports real quick. It's real teams having a real gaming team, a real uh, console team, PS4 or Xbox One. Those teams are being sponsored by the real teams. Let's say uh, VPN FC Dallas is being sponsored by FC Dallas. VPN uh, uh, New York Red Bulls, the same. And, and we can go with, with as many names as possible. Okay, these guys have been, have, have been playing for about 20-some seasons. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that are really tough and they've been playing together for, I think, for the last I go 2013 all the way to right now. Yeah. And we feel proud because it's our first, our first team, our first season, and we're doing great. Thank God we got a lot of talented players from our, from our hometown, and, and we're playing as a team, and we try to do our best to represent the better that we can for, for uh, Valley. Yeah, that that is really cool and really glad that you are doing this because, yeah, I've watched all these esports events and things like that, and it's just, it's insane how good the players are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what, what we do is we try to, we're trying to get our name out there. People that, uh, I remember the first time that they made a, the groups for these cups, there were many guys saying, really, the RGB photos are going to be here? And I'm like, man, that's, that's what we represent, that's where we live, and we want our, our home time to be here, and why not to win this championship against people that, that have been playing there for a long time? Yeah, and I mean, I think I think it it's something that benefits not, o- not only the region, but also the team in of itself. I mean, you guys uh, being able to get, you know, some sort of backing from a professional soccer team, Division Two, but professional soccer nonetheless, that gives you guys some more legitimacy in the eyes of, of your opponents in these in this tournament, as well as the, mm-hmm. to- the Toros benefit because their, their brand is being placed out there, out there with the big guys, mm-hmm. out there against the Americas, out there against the Dynamos, against Dallas's, you know. And so I think th- this this has to be very bene- beneficial for every for everybody around. And so your main focus, or your, what you're trying to, what you want to do, is being able to um, get the the back or get the back or at least at least the yeah the, the backing uh, of the Toros organization. Is that correct? Yeah, we would love to speak with one of the total representatives to see if we can get this branding going. And why not invite uh, as many people as we want uh, to be part of, of, of this, you know? Yeah. It's cool to be supporting our team going to the stadium. And why not, while being at home, supporting our team watching the live, uh, the live transmissions we do, the streaming, the live streaming on, the, on, on YouTube, on Twitch. 
and so that way people can feel identified with the colors and that everyone is working to get our rally out there in the big picture you know mm -hmm. definitely and where can where can they where can our audience uh, follow you where, where can they watch these uh, live streams okay what do we do is gonna be Monday through Thursday mm -hmm. 10 10 p.m. and 10:30 p.m. all central time uh, all central time it's gonna be under on Twitter at Kingnosa FC with an S correct at, uh -huh, at K I N G N O S A F C and I'll put the link in there every time that we have a game so that way people can can be uh, watching and uh, as far as uh, what so you said so Monday to Thursday 10 and 10:30 p.m. Central Time, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, as far as, for example, um, costs are are concerned, uh, do you got or do you guys ever do some sort of uh, fundraising in order so in, in case that you guys have to go travel in person to a tournament to a major tournament that you have to go in person? Do you have plans to? make some sort of fundraiser or is it all 100% going to be uh, tournaments that you can play at home? Okay, these ones are all tournaments that we that, that are played at home because we're 11 versus 11. Each of them have, have their head, their headset and everyone is at home playing at the same time, talking, uh, talking to each other and just getting the games out there. But as soon as they start getting uh, more Esports tournaments that you have to be there. We we would definitely be willing to ask the people around to see what help we can get and what we can get as ourselves. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. And so, what? So one one final question. Um, what do you? Right. Let me let me let me phrase this. Let me phrase this correctly. my train of thought I had I had a long day but really really I, I we're really glad to see that a lot more people are taking the pride of the totals and taking taking it out out there in this case uh, with esports is there plans like let's say somebody from the audience is interested in joining the team uh, is there some sort of uh, some sort of tryout that, that goes on? Or is it pretty much like if you're if you're interested in, in joining the team, you know, you'll you'll become like I guess you can say like a reserve player. Okay, that's what we've been uh, thinking about when we decided to join the to join Toro. Okay, this is we're we're expecting to be on tournaments. We're expecting to be the the, the top players that that can be around. Right now, we started with this team with uh, the first team. And as you can see on, on King Nelson's side, we put all the hashtags for all, all the name tags for each player. This is our first team, but we want we want for them to be a reserve team, and then we want to be the first team. And we would love to to have tryouts for the first team. And no one has their place secure, you know. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get better and have a better impact on on virtual pro network and and all of those. Uh, big tournaments that can be around representing our, 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 our photos. 
Definitely me. I, I mean, there's a lot. There's a long way to go. But you guys, from from what I'm seeing, from what you're telling me, you guys are going on the right path. Hopefully, this becomes big enough that a lot more USL clubs kind of uh, get on, get the ball rolling with with esports, USL esports. And hey, mm -hmm. you never know. They might the USL yep. might have you know EUSL like like EMLS does. And uh, play against, you know, end up playing, uh, I guess you can say the EUS Open Cup, per se. And see who, mm -hmm. so that way they'll have, they'll have more players to see who can represent in the United States in the World Cup of, uh, of e-soccer, e, 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 FIFA, uh -huh, yeah, esports. Yeah. So, that'll, that'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah and, it, and all it takes is just one person, just one, just one team to, mm -hmm. to start the trend. And yeah. like I said, like I told you, we're you guys are more than welcome to. We bring you this platform. Uh, Thank you. You know, for for this because you guys are also putting representing RGBFC, and I think mm -hmm. anytime you know fans have some sort of initiative to spread the the, the brand around, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's something that that sh that should that you should that. The rest of the fans should uh, prim promote and, and be supportive of. Uh, so, yes, sure. and, and, yeah. Okay, and, and let me put and let me put it this way before we, we were done. Okay, on virtual FIFA 19 is starting. I should be posting tryouts on the pages because we want a competitive team. And if for real teams cannot be playing MLS one day, that I hope we will. We will try to get our VPN team play against the big guys, play against play, play first division against all the big names. Why? Because we want to represent our valley and we want to represent our photos. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that that's something that we should we should uh, be supportive of. So, guys. Um, be sure Monday to Thursday once again. Monday to Thursday, ten or ten thirty. Monday, Monday to Thursday, ten and ten thirty. Ten and ten thirty uh, p.m. Central. Be sure to follow mm -hmm. King Nosa FC on Twitter. You will get notifications mm -hmm. of when they go live on on Twitch. About, uh, did you say correctly? Uh -huh. On uh, Twitch and YouTube. And Twitch and YouTube. So be sure be sure to check mm -hmm. out their streams and be sure to share it with your friends. And uh, like I told you yesterday, uh, Rene, I will try. I will try my best next time I go to to McAllen, which will more than likely be on the 18th. I will talk, mm -hmm. and if you want to go to the stadium, meet me there, and we'll go and talk with the marketing director uh, of RGVSC Toros, and hopefully we can we can bring you the support from the from the from the professional team that you guys that you guys uh, really deserve. Well, thank you very much for, for all, all the support that you've been giving us for your space. And once again, let's try to get the value on the big picture. And why not with our branding, our name, the RGBFC photos? Definitely. All right, man. Well, thank, well it's, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, good luck uh, on the rest on the rest of your journey. And we will be there. We'll be there. I'll be there watching uh, today uh, on, okay. on the stream. And uh, I'll give you all, I'll give you all a, a huge shout out. And uh, the only thing that that I kind of ask you of is, so mm -hmm. I was talking to Sean, who's our my co-host in Generation Orange. He was t he was telling me if you guys can get like some sort of 
compilation of, of like videos of, of you guys playing that way that we can make into some sort of commercial that we can play on both shows, whether Generation Orange, which is a lot more Dynamo based and, uh-huh. and in down in the valley, uh, RGB based to kind of help promote y'all's, uh, y'all's uh, team. Thank you, thank you. We should be okay on the uh, everything. It's on 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 the uh, the channel that we've been posting live every match. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let me tell you, we should be playing against Houston Dynamo on the 14th. They're right. in the same group as ourselves. All right, guys. So so be sure to check that out. Even if you're gonna support the Dynamo, but at least at least get the get the views. Uh, for the guys uh, of uh, of King Nosa, be sure to watch it on the King Nosa one, not on the Dynamo one, on the King Nosa one. That's all I. That's all I ask Thank you guys. Thank you very much. All right, all right, all right, Renee. Have a good night, and uh, we'll we'll see you. We'll see you over there on the 18th. All right. Thank you. All right, no Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, guys. So that was Renee Gallegos, a personal friend of mine. Um, he is, uh, like I said, he is, he said he's starting, he is making this esports team uh, that wants to represent the RGVFC Toro. So be sure to be sure to support it. Be sure to sub. Be sure to share whenever they go live. Uh, that's pretty much all I ask for. And uh, yeah, like Callow said, don't forget to sub, like, and click the bell so you can be notified when when we're live and when they're live. Um, so we're gonna go on a small break right now. We should be back at the top of the hour. Uh, to continue talking about RGB, RGBFC. So uh, we'll be back in five minutes. Uh, don't go away just yet. Be sure to like the video if you haven't already. Share it and subscribe to the channel.
So what you think? Are you there, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what'd you think? About... Uh, yeah, the, the eSports About team. what? The eSports team. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they have the potential to be pioneers for the USL. They, they do. Of course, though it, it is a struggle because it goes back to those kids that are really young a lot on the, a lot of the teams. So yeah, so like, well, well, we just have what kind of the Dynamo has is in just one one guy going on both like just one guy playing where it's like ultimate team or will we have something bigger than that well basically like you know, it's the one pro clubs is where you control just one player and it's like 11 other people in your team it's not it's not like yeah, with, yeah. It's, yeah it's not like with kid, kid momito like it was just him controlling the whole team Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it'll it'll be like okay, yeah, it'll be like let's say my player is I don't know eighty, then you have guys that are in that kind of way, eighty, eighty-five, ninety. Yeah. So uh, okay. Yeah. So it's basically like it's you create your player with your name and stuff like that, and, and it's, the more you play, the more the, you build your stats. It's not like you're controlling a regular player. All right, are getting ready to come in? And we're back, guys. All right, you can leave now. There we go. All right, guys, we're back for the second hour of Down in the Valley. Uh, once again, my name is Edson Ochoa, and I'm your co-host, uh, accompanied by Jacob Young, which is your other uh, co-host. Be sure to check out our friends on the Beautiful Gaming Network. Uh, check out their website at www.bgn.fm. Uh, be sure to check out uh, their all of the USL podcasts that they, they have hosted there. Check out their sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, at www.roughneckscarves.com. They are the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, uh, and NCAA. Be sure to check out our website, donandrgv.com. And uh, follow us on all of our social media, which is posted right down there. Uh, don't forget, guys. No, I, I know, Callow, I know. Um, don't forget guys to, that I did leave a, uh, a link for tipping, uh, down there in the description. So we really appreciate any help that you guys, uh, would like to donate to us, uh, $1 or whatever you guys want to play the whole, pay the whole rent for this month. You're more than welcome to, but, uh, no, you don't have to No, I'm just, just playing around. Uh, anything, anything you guys want to donate, uh, we would re really appreciate it. Uh, so. Getting back to RGVFC, the uh, real-world kind of RGVFC this time. Um, so we were talking about the, the match against Las Vegas Lights, and I think, I think we pretty much talked about everything that we needed to talk about when it comes to, to that match. I mean, we talked about the fact that Aldo Quintanilla has hit a slump. Uh, we talked about the goal by Joel Wiki. We talked about some of the weaknesses that we saw in that match. Uh, and the defense, 
now I think it's time to look forward to this Saturday. This Saturday, RGVFC are visiting Sacramento Republic FC. They're playing at Papa Murphy's Park. It's a stadium that personally brings memories that I want, really want to forget. And Jacob, I think I know, I think you know what, what I'm talking about when I talk about that. Yeah, I, I do exactly know. Of course, of course we want to forget those. Uh, it would be, if we really wanted to remember them, then we wouldn't be moving in the right direction, which would be forward. So yes, let's forget about those memories and let's actually win ourselves the game. Now, one quick thing that I want to point out here, because I got told this before I actually sat down and joined you, is that this game could get moved. I don't entirely know if USL will go through with this. I mean, it will most likely, the game will most likely happen. But the problem is, since it's in Sacramento, you know how bad the, the fire. Um, fire, yeah, exactly, the fires, if the smoke is really bad, I don't know if they'll actually have the game that week. Honestly, I think that's the best the best option. And that is just move the match because this is a health risk not only for the fans that are going to want to attend this match, but also for the players. You're talking about air that's full of ash air that's full of all these coarse particles that affect your breathing. You know, this this is detrimental. This is going to be detrimental to the performance of the players, to the health of the players. So why risk it? Why risk the, the well-being of fans, the well-being of players, the well-being of coaches, whatever? Move it. Move it to another, to another, move it to another date. Uh, but I think People need to be safe out there. I know the Sacramento National, the we National Weather Service in Sacramento many times have issued um, warnings saying, if you don't need to get out, do not go out. The, the pollution due to that haze, due to that, that, those ashes that are just piling up in, in, in the atmosphere is so bad, especially for people who have respiratory problems, who have asthma and other similar um other other similar illnesses that are that are respiratory so i think i think it's the best thing that, that that they could do now is this usl going to do the thing that makes the most common sense we don't know because as far as i can see nobody at least the neither of the teams have mentioned anything about moving this match. I know just an hour ago, RGVC posted a video uh, uh, of Wilmer Cabrera Jr. talking about this Saturday's match. But I know, I know for sure that some other, well, I think it were like minor league team or an amateur team, uh, posted something two days ago saying that they, they had a match and that they canceled it due to the weather conditions. So if an amateur team is able to make that decision, uh, why not a why not a pro team? Yeah, but then again, I I believe since they're affiliated with mainly MLB, 
that's probably that minor league team right there. MLB is a lot. Oh well, yeah, it's a for them. It's at least a lot. They're probably a lot smarter than the USL. I mean, come on, we've got pro refs that can't really ref a game that ref the USL as well. So. Do you know by any chance who mentioned to you the possibility of moving the match, or who who posted it? Um, yes, it was just just like if the smoke is that bad, it was my father. I I don't know where he read it from, but since he's probably been keeping up with like the conditions up there because Mm -hmm. it's all over the national news, then. I mean, think about it. Someone has to be paying attention. So yeah. Now, if you guys look, if you guys look on Twitter, if you're listening to me out uh, right now on 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 the show, go on Twitter and put and search for Sacramento Fire. There's a lot of tweets of people saying, you know, all of our outdoor activities are halted until this until this is controlled. Uh, there's actually one that says. Uh, yeah, late afternoon sun in Sacramento, red sun due to fire in Redding. That is Redding, uh, California. Is let me tell you how far, or at least if it's close to Sacramento, Redding, California to Sacramento. It's pretty. It's pretty close. To Sacramento, California, it is about an hour and a half away from from Sacramento. So there's a big fire in the region of Redding, and all of that smoke, all of that, all of that pollution is coming from over there to to Sacram to the Sacramento region. Um, it is also imperative to know that uh, some uh, there are some weather uh, the weather service actually it's two hours away. Uh, uh, so basically, there are some um, uh, meteorologists that are saying that in the next couple of days, uh, while there is going to be uh, more wind that will probably carry uh, this uh, all of this pollution away from Sacramento, that also because of that wind, that also increments the risks of fires. So that can in, that can also in, in, uh, increase the risk of that wildfire spreading. So this is a really delicate situation. Um, not only, not only, like I said, not only for the players, but also for the fans. You're talking that you're talking that you might have some Sacramento Republic fans that right now the last thing they really want to think about is soccer. Their livelihoods are at stake. You know, their property is at stake due to this fire. So just make the right decision. Oh, uh, College sent me something on Twitter. Just make the right decision. And postpone it. Just postpone the match. I think it's going to be the best uh, for everybody uh, with this with this uh, situation. So there's a video. Uh, let me see. See if I can give you guys. If it has audio, that you guys will be able to listen. The wildfire smoke ruining our air doesn't follow a schedule. Here's a side by side look at two recent days. In, this is in the Sacramento region. Um, all right. Let me see if I can. So right now, the Sacramento region at Sunday. Okay, so Sunday, 4 a.m., the Sacramento region had a, uh, I guess, borderline 
green to yellow, um, borderline green to yellow level uh, when it came to pollution. Oh, great. Tis the first day of school and all through the house. We are dressed for. Sorry about that, guys. I'm. Uh, I hate advertisements sometimes, and I can't really skip it. So, so basically, what's happening is that the, the whole, all of this air, it, it, it's just, it's just getting worse for the, uh, for the people in, in Sacramento. So, I, I mean, what else, what, what else can we say? I mean, we can only say so much about it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, really, normally I don't really keep up with California that much because given the fact that there are a lot of wildfires during this time around there, which is really sad, ultimately, but, I mean, it's nature there. And if it's getting that bad, I was reading around uh, the National Weather Service of Sacramento and they were saying evacuation shelters are in blah, blah, blah place are just around town, basically. Yes. That, that's got to tell that's got to tell you something. Although, of course, we all know that the USL really won't necessarily care that much about it because they really just pay attention to their bigger teams, a.k.a. Uh, your Cincinnati FC or bigger games that or meant more. Yes. So, Callows uh, puts up in the chat, he says, no one's lungs are used to smoke and ash. For sure, it needs to be moved to another location or another date. As of three hours ago, the fire is 51% contained. They're expecting a break in the smoke over the weekend, but the smoke is expected back Sunday. There's a small chance that they can get the game off. Well, this needs to be more than a small chance. So it says, the video says, the microscopic particles can damage your lungs and have other health impacts. Uh, to avoid air pollution, and here this says, be cautious about outdoor activities. Do I need to go on? No, be cautious about outdoor activities. No matter if it's going to stop, there's still going to be stuff in the air. It's not like they're going to totally control it before Saturday. No, there's still going to be stuff. There's still going to be a bit of fire, which means, guess what? If there's wind, and even if the wind is going to die down, I know California. It's still it's still a big breeze, just like over here in McAllen yeah. or in Edinburgh. So, basically, there's still going to be stuff being pushed that way. There's still going to be stuff being pushed that way, no matter what. How do you breathe? Air. Yeah, yes, exactly. you get breeze during the during the day, no matter what. And he, here's here's another thing, and you, and uh, people, you, ha, you kind of have to take this into into this whole aspect. Okay, all right. So let's imagine in the perfect world that by Saturday, firefighters are able to pretty much control a hundred percent of the fire. Let's imagine that. Just because the fire is out does not mean that all of a sudden, poof, all of the ash, all of the pollutants disappear from the air. All of that is going to continue to linger out in the atmosphere, especially if it reaches to levels where the upper troughs can carry it, carry the waves and carry it farther. So even, like I said, even in the per in the most perfect situation, there's still going to be some risk for 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 everybody out there. 
So just do the right thing. Save it for later. Exactly. Let's do it for later. It'll be fine. They'll still get their home game. It could be like the last game of the season if we have to make an extra spot open for a bye week. So be it. Oh well. This could be our bye week right now. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, better that than bring bring in some some things that'll complicate the lives of the players. Maybe not this year, but as they get older. I mean, we talk about many things that a lot of these uh, a lot of these uh, illnesses that are brought by smoking or by inhaling all of this bad air, you know, this lingers on and this is something on the long term. Um, if anybody from USL is listening, just just postpone it. I mean, there's no there's no need to to risk it. And I think it'll be better. And I think the people of Sacramento would completely understand if if this was if this was moved. Uh, to be honest, so, um, and uh, I know. We're we are all waiting to see what the you know the Toros play, but there are some things that are more important than soccer and health. Yeah, that's really important. A lot more important than playing a soccer match. So looks like Ray Ray is calling us. Ray, how are you doing? Hey, good evening, Nelson. How are you? Real, real good, real good, man. So basically, uh, I don't know if you, uh, if you were listening to to the stream right now, but pretty much we're talking, we're debating whether this Saturday's match between Sacramento Republic and uh, RGVFC should be postponed. Well, I would err on the side of caution and say yes, only because it is sad what is going on in California right now with all those uh, forest fires going on. Mm-hmm. I would definitely postpone, but again, that's something for the USL to decide uh, whether they would uh, play or not. Or at least play it during the game time, during the daytime, uh, for another date or just push it back another day to say like a Sunday morning where the haze isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be my guess at this point. So guys, be sure be sure to uh, leave us your opinions uh, on Twitter and on the, the YouTube chat. Uh, what do you think? Should this match be postponed? Uh, be, give us give us your thoughts. Should it be postponed? Should it not be postponed? What uh, alternative? What what alternatives do you got? Do you offer? Uh, if you really want this match to to happen, or what can we do? I, really, what can we do? I really want it to happen. I would like for it to happen just the day after, like say I don't know, eleven a.m. their time, 
you know, mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Well, here's here's the thing, and I think it all it all goes down. We've mentioned many times. It's all about business, and even in MLS, you know, with torrential rain uh, uh, rainfall and uh, thunderstorms. You ever notice? You ever notice? And uh, Jacob, you probably know this. Right? You ever notice how they always like delay it, delay it, delay it until it's like midnight, and then they'll say, "Oh, yeah, this match will be postponed for the next day." And it's all about business. I mean, you you already have, even though this is with ESPN Plus for the most part. Remember, with Sacramento, they have their local broadcast of the game, so. You're talking. You're talking about airtime that they've already prepared for, that they've already financed, they've already they've already planned to have in order to accommodate this game. And then all of a sudden, if it gets postponed or if it gets moved to the next day, they're gonna have to scramble and and uh, try to just accommodate that match in scheduling that has already been prepared beforehand for that day. So I see the complication on the business side, why the USL may be reluctant to make the change. But like I said, you know, these are things that are bigger than than the money. But then again, we live in the United States, which is all about the money. Yeah, I mean, at this point, RGB has either A, already traveled out, out of the valley to get themselves to Sacramento, or perhaps, uh, or who knows what the itinerary is, whether it was the week today. Oh boy, that is a little risky. Because knowing that there's no direct flight to Sacramento, mm-hmm. uh, the best possible way would be to get to, uh, to get to Nevada and then probably bus to Sacramento. Yeah. No, uh, just from a logistics standpoint, and and just because of the bad weather that's involved right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's going to be a bad business all around, regardless. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I think. I just think the USL might be looked upon in a bad light if they decide to go ahead and. Continue playing this match in the conditions that are happening right now. At least, at least in my eyes, I'd be a little, a, l- a little disappointed that they cared more about the money. They cared more about this than uh, the well-being uh, of the players. Because after all, who is the one that brings in the money? Who is the one that bring? You know, it's the product of the pitch. I mean, the players, the coaches, the mm-hmm. fans who pay the money to uh, go to the stadiums. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna be talking about business, you're that, that those are your customers right there. And what good PR than saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We understand that everything that's going on, this is something that is outside of our control. But we feel like, on due to your safety, since we care about your safety, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's let's move it. Let's move it to another to another day. Hey, sh- hey, what's mm-hmm. up, Sean? So I want to get your opinion, Sean. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about this Sacramento match on Saturday. 
how the wildfires are, how they have all the, the wildfires uh, occurring over there in, in California. In your eyes, should this match be postponed to another date? <laughs> if if it has any bearing on the results of the season, it needs to be postponed. If it doesn't, then just don't worry about it. Just don't play it. But if it's going to have any bearing on either of these teams end of the season, which it seems like it could have a bearing for RGV, it needs to be played in better playing conditions. Especially Sacramento since they're in second place right now. Well, I mean, even disregarding that, you know – I suspect you'll find at the end of the season this one match won't make or break Sacramento either way. But I do suspect that this match, in light of where RGV is and how little room for error they have, mm-hmm. I have a feeling this match would bear heavily upon the end of their season. And to expect players, forgetting player safety for a minute, but just to expect players to play in that and to have a good match, it's no different than if players are playing in 90, 100 degree heat on turf and expecting them to go 90 without a water break. Yeah. Um, you know, are they going to have oxygen breaks in the middle of this? I mean, you know, what's mm-hmm. the next, you know, I, that's the way I kind of look at it. You know, they, they don't want, if it's supposed to be for player safety, then you need to, you need to be taking breaks or whatever to allow the players a chance to catch their breath because it's not healthy breathing in that much ash. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, you know, but I, I mean, on the flip side, I mean, you know, we've seen matches attempt to be played and standing water on the pitch. Um, you know, we've seen matches attempt to be, we've seen matches played in inches of snow. Uh, I'm harkening back to, yeah, I'm harkening back to U.S. versus Costa Rica in, in uh, Denver. Uh, you know, we've seen matches played in, in various conditions. We've seen matches played in 20 to 30 mile per hour wind gusts. Um, you know, I, I've seen instances where matches were played, professional matches, where it was so windy, the goalkeeper would kick the ball and have a chance of it actually going back into their own goal if they weren't careful. So, uh, you know, I, I think if you take everything into account, if the league really cared uh, about what was, you know, about if the league really cared and it wasn't just about trying to get this match in, they would postpone it. It's not going to affect their total schedule of the season. What it would probably do, though, is for Sacramento and in, in, uh, Rio Grande to have two matches, three matches in a week instead of, you know, instead of their normal schedule. Problem with that is, though, is you also have to think about the number of limited USL officials. And, you know, if the USL officials... Uh, if you don't have the available USL officials to officiate that extra match in that week, that's a problem. Um, and you certainly don't want them pulling from the college ranks or the high school ranks because as hard as it is to believe, that actually would be a regression, not an increase in the, you know, not, not an improvement. Um, so if, if it was me, if I was Gerson, if I was um, Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento, if I was uh, Alonso Cantu, I would be calling the league office and saying, look, this is not healthy for our players. It's not healthy for the fans. It's not a good environment to play in right now. Um, you know, offer to maybe, if, if the USL wants to, move it to a neutral site stadium that's away from Sacramento and just, you know, Sacramento will be willing to, I mean, it sucks for Sacramento, but 
as a fan who's watched the Houston Texans play extra games on the road as a result of a hurricane, it, when it wasn't Harvey, it was Ike, um, that ripped their stadium roof to shreds, I understand the whole relocation for a match or two makes a big difference. But at the same time, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. And I mean, look, look at the Astros with Harvey. Absolutely. They had to play where was in, uh, in Texas. They played it. Well, they played in Tampa, but they also played at uh, the Arlington match should have been moved or games should have been moved, but they weren't moved. Yeah. But yeah, they played in Tampa for a week or two extra uh, just so they could play their home matches. Um, and they certainly weren't the home team by any stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, that far away. But, you know, it's it's. I would be willing to bet if the USL approached Sacramento and said, do you guys want to reschedule or do you guys want to play at a neutral site? Sacramento would say, we'll reschedule. But I think there's also concern that this may be something that lingers around more than just a week or two. And the league needs to be smart enough about player safety, smart enough about fan safety. That's really honestly the bigger concern is the fan safety because these guys are going to be screaming at the top of their lungs for 90 minutes that it's not healthy to breathe in that much ash and um, and in other air particles that may be in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's acts as an irritant to your throat, if nothing else. But on top of that, you know, you're you're forcing the players to play, um, but you're also you know telling the fans, you know, we care more about just getting this match in than we do your own safety. And like I said, I mean, if it's going to be a few extra weeks, okay, then Sacramento just needs to understand that's, you know, if this, if the shoe was on the other foot and there was, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Hurricane Harvey coming through the valley and, um, you know, and, and the stadium was not necessarily flooded, but the way to the stadium was flooded Mm -hmm. and yet the team was there and able to play Sacramento would not. You know, they'd be like, hey, look, this isn't we, we want to postpone this. We don't want to play it right now. It's not it's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like that needs to be taken into account. You know, we're talking about a situation where because of fan safety, player safety and just what's, you know, out of respect for what's going on out there. You know, people are losing homes. People are losing, you know, livelihoods and they're going to play the game. I, I mean, come on, like. Yeah, it's the last thing they want to think of. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it, it's good because it's on the flip side, it's good because it's an escape from what they're dealing with. On the other side of it, if it's a health concern, and clearly it is for them to release a air quality warning, um, then that should be taken into account. Um, you know, and I mean, on the on the flip side, the Dynamo have postponed matches, uh, delayed a match start up to 11.30 p.m. because of a, a, a storm that rolled through that lasted four hours from the time of kickoff. And people were starting to get there at like 5 o'clock that afternoon. So I was there. Yeah, I was too. <sighs> Trust me. Um, you know, so, and, and I've seen instances where the Dynamo have actually had to cancel a match or, or you know, reschedule a match at 11.30 because they knew they weren't going to be able to play it. Um you know, and, and so it happens. It happens in MLS. We see rescheduled matches. We see postponed matches. New York Red Bulls versus Dynamo is a perfect example. That's going to have to be rescheduled. Why can't USL do the same thing? 
you know, and just play each match by ear, see what the air quality is like, and if it's if it's enough to warrant a warning from, you know, essentially from the weather board, then that's enough to warrant not playing the match and not subjecting fans and players to unsafe conditions. As simple as that. Yeah. Sorry, I ranted. You got me going. Nah, it's, it's all right. I think I think I think the fans, you know, need to understand that this is a big issue. That even though this isn't affecting us directly, like the people of the Valley, the people of Houston, it's not affecting us directly. The fact is, you got our players that are representing us going over there to the to these conditions. Sacramento fans are living it day in and day out these past couple of days. Absolutely, you know, and we have to be more willing to understand them, get in their shoes. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if if the same if there were wildfires going on in the Valley right now. I wouldn't be here. I'd be over there. Well, that, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah. if the shoe was literally on the other foot, if there were wildfires, brush fires, blowing through the farmlands out there, they wouldn't want to, RGV fans would not want the game to go on, regardless of air quality. But if it's affecting, you know, if it's affecting the the community in that type of way, they're not going to want the match to be played. They'd want it postponed or rescheduled. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I, that's, it just comes down to put the shoes on, shoe on the other foot, put yourself in their position and think about it. You know, if, if everything you're dealing with is that overwhelming, it, you know, be the bigger side and say, look, we agree to, we definitely want to postpone this or reschedule this for your benefit. You know, it's not for us. It's for your benefit. We would have played it, but you know, we don't want to put you in that position where, you either have to forfeit the match or play it in sub, you know, suboptimal, uh, dangerous conditions. Suboptimal conditions. And here, here's the thought process behind that: have enough, um, enough belief in yourself, enough confidence in yourself that if you do have to postpone it, if you play it in, you know, if you play it in prime conditions and normal conditions out in Sacramento, have the belief that you're still good enough to beat them either way. If you believe you can beat them either way, it shouldn't matter if you have to reschedule. But it also depends on what kind of dates they came up with, you know. But uh, I, there's a like so the the Astros versus Rangers series was a perfect example of this because it was during Harvey or right after Harvey, and the Astros wanted the Rangers to reschedule the series um, to play. So there's there's a home and away in the yes. in the season, and they wanted them to to swap the home and away series so that. So that the te- the Rangers would have where the Astros would have had it, the An- Rangers would have had it, and then the Astros would have had when the Rangers had it. So it would have just been swapped. Same number of games at, in each stadium, just different times of the season. And the Rangers said no. And they said, and this was stupid, but they said it because they didn't want to inconvenience their season ticket holders. Oh, yeah. And you remember all the flack they got for that because it's like, oh, yeah, what about the inconvenienced Harvey you know, victims that are sitting here with their houses flooded that are – you know, people are dying in the streets, and you're mm-hmm. going to tell me that you're you know concerned what? about inconveniencing your season ticket holders? Like, come on, get off your damn high horse. This is not what this is about. And so I view it the same way. RGV needs to step up and say, you know, if you guys are willing to reschedule, you know, I, I don't think there's probably not another Sacramento match in RGV this season. But if there is, why not just swap that series? and play this one in RGV and the next one in Sacramento. It does nothing to change the season. You're still playing the same game either way. 
But I know. think the only the only problem that if there isn't uh, a time where Sacramento and I'm just want to check it right now if Sacramento actually comes over here, which they do not. Yeah. This is the only. This is I believe this is the only match that we're uh, that we have left because uh, they've are, we already played against them. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Okay. Two two. Yeah. Uh, and this was in the second game of the season. Yeah. They came over here, so now it's our turn to play over there. Absolutely. Now what could what can be done? Okay, maybe. But the thing is, it's kind of a little bit too much of a short notice. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing, right? It, it's not like, like or we, they could play it at Real Monarchs. Yeah, they could play it somewhere close. It's still a neutral site stadium. I mean, it, it sucks because they lose the home field advantage in this case, and I get it and I understand it because, like I said, I mean, the Astros dealt with the same thing. But on the flip side of it, I mean, it, it's it's the game needs to be played either way. Unless, like I said, if, if we're at the last match, you know, if it gets postponed and we're, it's the last match of the season and they post, make it the last match of the season and we're, you know, we just RGV completes their last match prior to that one and Sacramento completes their last one. If that match has no bearing on it's not going to change positions for any team, then there's no need in even playing. You know, so that that could be one way to deal with it. But on the flip side of it, it's one match. I mean, either way, just call it a two-two draw and move on. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, at some point, at some point, the league and the teams need to just step up and say it's not worth the politics and the drama. Let's be smart about this. Let's focus on our fans and our players first. Let's focus on safety first. You know, let's just deal with everything else later. Like, your season, your result in a match should come after, priority-wise, should come after the priority of player safety, fan safety, staff safety, stadium safety, mm-hmm. etc. I realize it's short notice, but that's how natural disasters are. If you think that people had a whole lot of heads up on Harvey, you're freaking wrong. Yeah. And you know I can attest to that. Yeah, that's so. You know, I don't want to hear it about short notice. I think that excuse goes out the window. If you don't have contingency plans in place for these types of events, then you're not properly planning for emergencies. You're planning for the things you're thinking about. You're not planning for the things you can't and, and aren't prepared to think about. Um, see, you get me on rants, man, and this is what happens. And then Julio turns around and says, I talk too much. And I'm like, dude, it's because he got me on a rant. It's not my fault. <laughs> right? I told you I'd come up for the last good, 30 minutes. John. Rants are good. <laughs> Stop, it's rant. the ratings. Take the ratings. Uh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, un- unless Sean puts Edson on me, then it kind of doesn't help the cause here a little bit. Oh, ouch, man. That was harsh. Dude, I, I want right, to give you a, we're, we're, I wanna give you an air high five because that was that like, uh, I mean, do you need some aloe vera for that burn, Edson? <laughs> I'm done. Guys, this is it. This is it. Hold no, up, no hold, gen- up, hold up. I, I got you, Cesar. Watch, no, I mean, no, Ray, watch this. No, no generation. It's done. It's done. It's done. We're good. All right. So this is the new down in the valley. Your host, Sean Ringrose, Jacob. So uh, anyways, uh, what else is going on RGV, Jacob? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Edson's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Never give Sean Sorry, control over the mixer board. <laughs> Here, you got me 30 minutes. Sorry, you, this really? is down in the valley. Yeah, sorry, guys. Well, uh, first announcement I want to make, and I uh, want to thank our our guest from last week, uh, Mr. 
bulls and horns, dino theory guy, Mr. Carson Merck. Uh, Carson Merck has given me the opportunity to be a member of the Beautiful Game Network written style. Yes. So that was the one of the announcements that I wanted to make. So I have to thank him for the opportunity. And uh, my first writing assignment will be in the first home in the next home match, Wendy Toro's house, Oklahoma City. Nice, dude. That's excellent. Congratulations, my good Congrats. friend. Thank well you. deserved. Well deserved. I wouldn't go that far. Thank you. Thank you. Just kidding, right? Just kidding. <laughs> Why wow, everybody's like burning? No, no, no. He uh, he 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 started the fire. I'm just I'm just stoking the fire now. Let, let's not talk about fire. Oh man, concert. that was a bad choice of words. Oh. I'm sorry, Sacramento fans. Oh like, man, you just lost know. every Sacramento viewer you had. We're all sorry. what We're two sorry. of them? <laughs> but yeah, the, congratulations, man. So thank you. And then you also sent you also sent me an email a couple of days ago regarding the Barracudas. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So they they are going to initiate tryouts for the upcoming season uh, for uh, starting September eighth and 9th, which is a Saturday Sunday thing. Uh, tryouts begin promptly at at ten a.m. over at the Barracuda Sports Complex over on the Boca Chica Boulevard. And Indianapolis, uh, California Road in Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of tryouts is $25. Uh, Barracuda's front office will be there to evaluate players. And the one of the former assistant coaches will also be there and present to evaluate mm-hmm. all talent to, that comes in and tries out. Uh, participants will get T-shirts. For coming over to uh, participate in this uh, tryout, uh, the players are responsible for bringing in their own uh, soccer attire. Uh, preferably, no uh, no um, cleats, mm-hmm. uh, indoor shoes preferred. No um, water will be provided, and just be ready to rock and roll for as long as the team needs to take to evaluate. Each and one of those, each and every single one of those prospects. And one of the things, one of the things that I see here in the email, and it's uh, interesting to point out because this is this kind of goes to show that the organization is trying to also uh, change some things for the better uh, for the Barracudas. And he says, Oscar Rubalcaba Jr., the team general manager, stated last season was not our best. There will be plenty of changes and surprises for our fans this season. The club will be having jersey teases and giveaways throughout our social media platforms. Yeah, well, one of the things that that I'll preview you on the insight that I've had with him was that uh, he, I have seen several concepts in which uh, he told me to leave the phone out of the office, so pretty much I couldn't take any snapshots of any of the uh, uh, prototype jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can reveal is that they're going to be made by a little sport out of uh, New York. Uh, two of the teams of fate that a little sport sponsors is uh, the El Paso Coyotes, which is a, a member of the MASL, 
and W Connection of Trinidad and Tobago. Now, you may know through uh, W Connection from Trinidad and Tobago from CONCACAF Champions League action a few years back when uh, they nearly pulled off a big upset in the Champions yeah, they were of the Concacaf. They were drawn in the same group as the Dynamo uh, back. That was that was how far back that was. That was back when the Dynamo actually made CCL on a regular basis. It's been a while. Yes, yes. So that's uh, where you know that team from. Yeah. So, uh, so that's going to be our primary uh, jersey. What uh, was the name again? For this year, Aletto. E L E T T O. Aletto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they look they look really good. Got the, the, yeah, some of their a, generics. it's a real nice jersey. Yeah, I, I I've seen several prototypes, and hopefully, uh, front office will make a decision here within the next few weeks. That way, they can just start um, processing and making these jerseys, and hopefully, yeah. within that time frame as well, we'll put out the first teaser. For the public to view. Yeah, because I'm looking at one of their generics, now, and it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, their generic stuff is really good, but when it comes down to customizing uniforms, believe me, they are a hands-on company. Uh, they work with all sorts of designs. My question to you is, have you received any information as to whether these jerseys will be available to for sale to the public? Yes, they will be available to the public. Uh, the team is planning to ordering at a minimum 50 jerseys for the public to buy for now. We're going to start off with a small quantity, and then we'll, uh, as they sell along, if there's a, like popularity on them, we'll order more and more as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. We'll start off with a small batch, and then uh, if if sales go well, we will put them up for sale. And that's that's really that's really good to hear. And uh, do you have is there a specific time frame where they're going to be teasing, uh, starting to tease the the jerseys? I mean, a month from now, or maybe October? No, it, it's a little early, only because they're still in the final stages of of finishing up the con- the concept model mm-hmm. that they want to build because they have sent us several concepts and we like all the concepts. Unfortunately, we can only choose two concepts, one being the away kit and the other one being the home kit and quite possibly having up to four different combinations like we did last year where we had the all blue, we had the all white, and then we would alternate between having a white top, blue bottom, and then a blue top, white bottom. So, and that was just based off the generic catalog from last season. Mm. Yeah. So. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure, I, and I will say this much: uh, during these last few weeks, while I've been out there and and cleaning up the offices, let's just say I ran into a a Vicente Matias Bolso jersey. So he's staying. And I have it stashed away. So uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny that information. No comment. But let's just say that there's a... Yeah, I'm going to give you the Garrison comment. No comment. <laughs> no comment. 
I think I, I think I still have it. I still have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should. I just. I, I have that audio clip on my computer. I, I I think I have that just pure video clip of when you asked him that particular question. <laughs> I just wanted to throw myself to the floor when you asked him that. <laughs> Neymar style. Uh, I really oh, just wanted to go oh, Neymar wow. style on that. To be fair, I was like quarter of the way through the through the question, and I was like, I'm like I'm screwing this up, but I was so far away, so far ahead of it. I was like, I might as well just throw it out there, you know. I'm not yeah, I could e- I could even tell by his face when you were asking it. He was like, Why, why are you doing this? Because I I knew. No comment. What's gonna be the answer? <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, that's what. It, uh, that's something that made me. Uh, it's made me learn. It's a learning experience, and I think and I think Jerson is one of those those uh, type of uh, coaches who understands that, and so he was well, made, especially when you're in the lower league. I mean, it's different if you're in major league soccer. You're yeah. still going to get them. I mean, you know, you can attest to that. There's still stupid reporters out there that are going to ask stupid questions. <laughs> but, oh, like, oh, like the guys, like, oh, so, so when, when they played with the, with the, with the party shirts, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the guy's like, okay, so we, we won 5 0 with this. Are we, are we, are we being, gonna see can we these play? Again? Yeah, yeah, can next we play time? with these all, all the time? It's like, and then uh, Coach, uh, Coach Cabrera's like, no, our colors will always be orange. orange. Yeah. <laughs> Best response for that though, let's be real. <laughs> and he's like, the play, the, the 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 shirt does not play. It's the players. That's right. So so remember, guys, what Edson's really telling you is learn from his mistakes, so you don't repeat his mistakes. Yes. So basically, Research I'm your guys before you ask questions. So basically, I'm your guys. I'm your guinea pig. Sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, sponsored by Sean Ringrose. <laughs> so I, I didn't get a chance to listen. I was a little busy doing some work stuff because I got actually got back late. But um, did you guys talk about uh, AJ yet? We were just going to talk about. Her, him I was right wondering, now. like, uh, you know, you got twelve minutes left in your show, so I was just curious. This can be the, like the perfect segue. No comment, it, though, isn't it? No, no, I'm no comment. Go with the no comment on that as well. <laughs> no comment. I'm, I'm just gonna sidestep that. <laughs> well, that's okay. You don't need to worry about it, Ray. I can comment. <laughs> um, before we before we talk about that, uh, Ray, do you have anything else you want to add in regards to Barracudas or FC Brownsville? Well, FC Brownsville they're on they're on vacation mode right now. But I will say another thing about the uh, Barracudas is that there will be a coaching change for sure. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, they're still in negotiations with two. Important names of the indoor soccer world that have done some uh, major noise when it comes to coaching, and uh, that's about it for now. So much potential to it. I'm getting hyped for this next season, and I hope you guys are too. So, uh, uh, and I just, I just hope you can make it down here too. If there, if the games are on Saturday, I'd be able to. That sounds like a challenge to me, Edson. Sounds like you got a challenge to meet. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) You guys have no pity on my own. You are not of aloe vera out there by any chance. 
okay. It's okay, guys. There's there's uh there's a Walgreens and a CVS like a block away from the apartment. Isn't that the greatest thing ever to have a CVS that close? Yeah. Oh wait, I forgot. They close at nine o'clock. Oh well, there's the. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I don't like. They close. All right, whatever. All right, guys. All right, so let's get on with the piece of major news you can say that involves not only RTV FC but also the Houston Dynamo, and it's something that a lot of people have been waiting for a long time. I'm talking about before last last year's MLS season ended. Independence. I'm talking about the dynam- Dynamo here, not <laughs> RGV. <laughs> Sorry, people have been waiting a long time. Uh, just throwing out ideas here. You know, you know what's funny though is like you said it with with su- such you know such confidence with yourself, like you were just waiting for the moment to just. Well, I was, you notice I let you go on about it for a minute while I'm just sitting here like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever when they get to throw this one out. I digress. <laughs> so, okay, so this is something a lot of people have been waiting for, and that is the return of A.J. De La Garza to the pitch. And, Sean, I, you can't let me lie, but a lot of people have been anxiously waiting for his return. Well, especially... Uh, during the period of time where our starting right back was Dolphin Machado or our starting right back was Kevin Garcia. I was initially concerned. Uh, No, right back, he's fine. Winger's fine. Mm -hmm. I've got no problem with either of them starting at right back. But when I've got to start Machado or Kevin Garcia at right back, I'm just grimacing. Although... But then that... and And you know what the worst part is? If Machado has to start at right back, that means Leonardo has to start at center back. Or Watts, but we'll get to that in a minute too. Yeah. But it uh, it just it, it shows how bad the injuries were that you had to start your center back at right back to cover for your right back losses. Because uh, it, it wasn't just one player. it was, And at one point we had all three right backs on our roster injured. That's crazy to have I mean, and Lundqvist isn't even a right back. He's a he's a left back, essentially, and, and yet they played him at right back because he was decent enough. At, oh, no, wait, sorry. Four right backs, because I forgot about Remick, who's on season-ending injury list. So that's Remick. That was, oh, and Kevin Garcia. I forgot he was injured, too. Yes. So Remick, AJ, Kevin Garcia, Lundqvist, uh, Andrew Wanger. That's five. Five right backs. Five players that play right back. Injured. <laughs> injured at the same time. Like, that's just crazy. There's not a single team that's ever had that many players injured in a single position. Yeah. Not not uh, in a single uh, side know, position, you know? You know, I, I feel like here's a question for Wilmer. In any team that he's coached, has he ever dealt with this many injuries before? That's a really good question. Actually. Like, at any point. I will. I will have to. I'll ask him next I, whole match. I do wonder if it's maybe a little bit different being in this heat and humidity because you tend, do tend to, have to ha- tend to have players come up with strains and pulls in this heat and humidity, and the, and the cramps turn into strains and pulls because they try to play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but well, that is a really good question. Now, the the other the other thing is uh, as well because uh, Wilmer Cabrera has has kind of uh, implied that same reason that reason was saying that. Because I asked him, I asked him this Saturday about the defense. That 
we've been having problems throughout the season, and it just seems that in this game, both of them happen at the same time. Concede early, concede late. And one of the things he said, he's like, you have to understand as well that I have have not been able to manage to keep a consistent lineup in our defense. Absolutely. It just has not been possible. And, 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 you know, I don't, he says, I don't think there's ever been, I think there's ever been a team that has had to go through these many, no. these many oh, players. I mean, I mean, consider this. If you had that many injuries at goalkeeper, you would not even have a starting goalkeeper in your lineup. Mm. That's how bad that injury bug is at that position. And, and I mean, it hit center back too around the same time that we had right backs out. We had left back injuries. I mean, we literally had, there was a point we had every starter that from the, the back line that started the season opener yeah. out. And then not only that, we had our starting defensive mid out too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and then Saran was injured and as Saran well. Saran was injured. Alexander got injured at one point for mm-hmm. a couple of matches. Uh, Boney never got an injury. Thank God. Uh, you know, but the list, I mean, it just goes on and on. And it's just like, at some point, this has to end. And But getting back to the original point, AJ is returning to the pitch. And we have reason to believe, and I'm going to put it that way, uh, and I have it on pretty good authority, um, that he's probably headed to... Sacramento. Well, I mean, I don't know about that specifically. But I do know he's most likely headed down to the Oak Ridge Valley. Okay, that we know for sure. Yeah. That we know for sure. We well, I, I don't know if he's going to make it to Sacramento. If the, if going I back don't. to him. I don't. Yeah. I just that's, don't. Yeah, that's what I, that's what One I mean. Way so, the, I mean even, so there's no... there's no. I don't think that's the plan. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So basically, right now, he is... What we know for sure is that he feels comfortable enough to start... He started, I believe, the week after the FC Dallas match. Um, he started doing running drill exercises, yes. which is very positive uh, for for him in his uh, rehabilitation. Now the question is, and uh, is he match? Because he's fit. Oh, he's he looks definitely, fit, he's definitely he not match, match fit. fit. No, because exactly. and we got to remember, match fitness is not just about being able to go minutes. It's about having the mental match speed and being able to catch back up to the match speed and that's not easy no. uh, at the pro especially, level especially being out for that long yeah absolutely so I, I suspect uh, I, I mean I've got it on good authority he's gonna he's gonna be down at RGV and you seem fairly confident of that as well which is good and it is I can officially say that he is now part of the USL roster there we go so here's my suspicion uh, he's going to get a few practices with the team over the next few weeks um, and I think that he may get one or two spot starts, and if he doesn't get a start, that's okay. He may just get spot minutes. Like you know? Derek? Yeah, like Derek, like Wenger did. Um, Wenger had the one match where he came down and played, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, uh, and well, Watts did and too. Swell Park, yeah. uh, Lundqvist. Lundqvist did the same thing. Giel. Uh, Giel did the same thing. So that's kind of, be- and I've said it before, that eventually will kind of become the norm uh, as this thing kind of progresses and as you know, the whole depth thing gets resolved starting to see it uh <laughs> not twice um you know but uh look you know i said it when tyler was sent down there you're talking about getting a veteran player that's going to show coach immediate respect that's going to be able to help players get better they're going to elevate the level of players around them and you're getting it in aj mm-hmm. 
And he's not just going to sit there. He's not just there for himself. He knows he's there also for the team. And he's the type of guy that I honestly feel like Gerson may be able to even, you know, maybe even able to get him to kind of on the pitch coach for him, you know, in, in a way where certain players may not be listening to what he has to say to them. And AJ may be like, get your crap together type thing. You know, like AJ's not going to take AJ's crap. And there's not a player on that pitch that's going to be able to say, well, I know better than you. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way, right? I so, mean, Guam national team uh, being MLS sex uh, yeah, champion. veteran. Yeah, and champion. champion twice over. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't question the guy at this point. And he's just a fantastic guy to begin with. But um, I, it's going to be good for RGV. It's going to be good for the players. It's going to be good for the staff. Plus, he's just a great guy. Uh, I hope that he gets an opportunity to kind of get his face out there in front of RGV. Because I think he's that type of Dynamo player that can connect with some of those RGV fans and give them someone to root for at the Dynamo level, mm-hmm. um, besides Memo, which really they should be rooting for Memo. At this oh, trust too. me. After last night, they really should be better rooting for Memo. Uh, you know, so I, I think on at the end of the day, regardless of how long he's there, regardless of how many minutes he plays for RGV, just his presence there is going to be good. So that's point made by me. Jacob. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that just sounded like that was all you were going to say. Yep, exactly. On to the next. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's been this long wait for AJ De La Garza for him to come back from the season-ending injury that was exactly that. And of course, it's been a ridiculous season with everyone injured. Yes, everyone from the right back position. You don't understand how many nights for a game I've been so frustrated with the lineup because of the fa- given the fact that everyone has been injured. It's been the worst luck. I've never seen anything like that. Well, maybe just one team, aka Arsenal, a couple of seasons ago where they actually ended up finishing like fourth or so. That is the truth mm-hmm. right there. They did have a lot of injuries, maybe not in the exact same spot, but with the whole lineup. So it's crazy. And for him to get these minutes back at a place like RGBFC, we will obviously we will see him uh down in the RGB in my opinion longer than we had seen Lungfist, uh Wanger and all these other players that played down here because given the fact he still has to rehabilitate more than the other players. Absolutely. Given the fact that we'll most likely we'll most likely end up seeing Remick here maybe even at the end of the season because if I'm not mistaken, he's practicing with the Houston Dynamo at the moment. He can't. He can't go down to RGV this season because he's on the season-ending injury list. He can go practice, but he can't play the game. Because he's not part of the MLS roster. Well, not only that, he's on the season-ending injury list, and he's not allowed to play. Okay, I see. So it's not USL or MLS. It's a USL or USL. Yeah, and that's worse. Yeah, most likely he'll get injured again, uh, mm-hmm. especially his injury. Anyways, uh, Ray. Yeah, well, a couple of points. Um, you guys were talking about the strains and all these calf injuries and leg injuries. You know, there was a player on Manchester City, and oh, uh, Fabian Delph, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he would always cut up, cut up the socks. And one of the points that he had mentioned was that these newer socks that are coming out for these soccer players, they they just seem to be very, very tight on the legs, causing so, uh, somewhat to stop, like, the circulation 
and maybe he may be onto something because he's a player that that has suffered from leg injuries and especially uh, calf strains. And Houston being a very hot place that it is, maybe it might have to do something with the fabric wear of the socks that they're wearing, causing some of these injuries that they go so high up on on the leg and probably stop the circulation. Uh, that's on one point. And then the next point I wanted to bring up on Delagarza Garza specifically, is he going to be training with RGV or is he going to be continuing his rehab work with Houston and then possibly the night before the game make the, uh, make the trek down here? How is that going to work? He's going to train with RGV next. Okay. <laughs> to make it easy for you, he's training with RGV. <clears throat> I don't like I said. I don't know if it's going to happen for the Sacramento match, uh, and I would suspect it's part of a game plan, possibly not making it there in time. Um, I don't think it's for the Sacramento match, but I do think he'll be in training camp beginning next week. Don't quote me on mm-hmm. that. If someone's listening, don't go to you know your friends and start spreading the rumor. Just know that that's that's what I've heard is probably the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm just uh, no, just curious. You killed a cat there. Oh, of course. Of on course. that question, because you know we've seen it with Luis Hill, you've seen it with Wenger, uh, you've seen it with Lucas, with Jared Watt, with Michael Nelson, where they get sent down, but they practice all week with the Dynamo. Uh, night before the game, they come down, play their game, and then go back up once again. Yeah, but the difference is, is these guys, those guys were coming off of, you know, they were already playing in the MLS season. They had the entire preseason, mm-hmm. and then they came down, you know, they came down to train. This time, AJ is trying to get back to match speed, so that means he's going to be. I actually expect him to get a few matches with RGV as well, um, just because that's a good stepping stone to get back to MLS speed as well. Um, you can't really, you know, capture game speed uh, in practice, and I, I, you practice, you play the practice scrimmage matches, things like that, and that helps. But if you can get a few USL matches in there too, that gets you that extra stepping stone just to give yourself that confidence and that extra, you know. Hey, I'm you know nearly there. Okay. Okay. So, oh, Edson, you didn't say what you thought on AJ. I think I think it's it's a huge. It's going to be a huge plus. It's going to be huge. Going to be huge uh, addition for Rio Grande. Uh, I think, like you said, it'll help bridge a connection between Dynamo uh, and RGV. If AJ Villagarza is expected to be. Um, at Rio Grande Valley longer than just one week, which it appears that that might be the case. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking looking forward to seeing uh, how Kai Green and how many buddy uh, will react, how they're going to learn uh, with that, the and addition. That, well, and it's not just them. Remember, AJ can also play left back as well. So you're also getting the benefit of the left backs being able to have that uh, veteran leadership as well. So, with that being said, I had this question, comment, story thrown at me. It's a pretty long text message, actually. And it's the perfect segue between the two shows. So, I, I wanted to use this as an opportunity. I'm going to tease it now. I'm going to let Ray give his, his thoughts on it. And then I'm going to let Jacob. And then we'll cut to a break, switch shows. And then you and I will talk with Jacob. Uh, and, you know, so we'll answer it. So, uh, I'm going to read this off. Let me read this off. It's a pretty long, so I apologize. But it's good. In the past, when we didn't have affiliates, and and this is referring to the Dynamo, when the Dynamo didn't have any USL affiliates, and after the Reserve League, uh, we kind 
the Dynamo had to kind of use things like Open Cup and Friendlies and Charity Matches to get minutes for players who normally wouldn't see the pitch because they're deeper down the bench. Well, now we've had uh, Dynamo have had RGV for three seasons, and we're starting to reap some of the benefits of getting players meaningful minutes in real game situations and not having to waste a tournament like the Open Cup to play the youngsters. So at this point, should the Dynamo fans from here on out expect a quarterfinal or semifinal run from the Dynamo consistently? Um, and, and, you know, um, is it, you know, that that's the question, essentially. Should we be able to expect that? So, Ray, I'm going to toss it to you first. Um, and, and I want to get your thoughts on it from the RGV aspect of this kind of process uh, and how this, this transition kind of shows the importance of RGV to the Dynamo. I say yes, only because... Uh, case in point, Aldo Quintanilla, he was taken up for a few cup games this past season, and so was uh, Tarda Wharton, but we had the depth to cover for those two uh, players and where we weren't depth. scrambling to find, uh, where the team wasn't scrambling to find a free agent out there to cover for them. They had uh, replacements for them just for that one match or for that one training session where, okay, maybe we don't have Aldo Quintanilla with us, so we'll play with Monday at Tim. Or we don't have a Todd Wharton, and we go with uh, with another midfielder, Jorginho. per se. We'll go with Jorginho, you know, to fill in that role and move uh, some of these other players into uh, into another formation and perhaps play with that in case Aldo uh, does so well that he merits to stay longer type of field. So I say yes. Absolutely. That's a very good take. Uh, Jacob? Well, um, yes, we have to expect a quarter to semifinal appearance each year now, especially given the fact if the Houston Dynamo end up winning this tournament, if I'm not mistaken, that is a berth into the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions or something around there. Correct. So that would segue into, yes, let's let more of the youngsters play there. And it it's epic that RGVFC, and we've talked about it before, RGVFC are able to get players and get players loaned, or not loaned, but just give players to Houston, that means something. We do see the likes of Memo and Eric Bird sometimes in the Open Cup, and guess what? They've performed. Uh, yeah. This is the whole, <laughs> this is the whole reason why Kevin Garcia is kind of on a starting lineup here as well, That's not to mention the energies. Point. That's a very injuries. Wow. So, right there. Dang, Jacob, that was... That was a very good point, sir. I've got to give you props for that. Because, I mean, we ended up with, what, three RGV players yep. uh, that, that played last night, two of which started? Yeah. Uh, Kevin, or Kevin, no, 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 it didn't two. start. Sorry. One, one started. One started and yeah. two came yeah, on. Two came on. That's... Actually, hold on, because he had... Memo came on. Mm -hmm. Kevin Garcia came on. Mm -hmm. Who's the third one? I don't... I, 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 no, 
You're Eric Bird didn't play. Oh, uh, Eric Bird didn't play. Te yeah. Technically, Monotas, though. Oh, I mean, tomorrow. But but yeah, like, but if you go there, it's technically. Monotas only spent two games with no, Sapporo. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. already a Dynamo uh, player. Yeah, he just got loaned down to Argentina. But that's even still two players. Still. Because even. Cause but even, they were yeah. bare, they were impact players. Like, you know, I mean, now, granted, Kevin Garcia was a forced substitution. Yeah. But Memo was not a forced substitution. That was a substitution that was made to change the you know outcome of the game, and he hit his penalty. He and also he got a goal. goal. <laughs> so. Hashtag Memo knows everybody. Oh yeah. So I mean, you know, it, I think I just thought it was a very good question uh, when I saw it, and a very good kind of thought process. And I think it just highlights, and, and I wanted to do it on Down in the Valley because it highlights the importance of RGD to the Dynamo. Mm -hmm. That you know, hey, they really do care about this organization because think, their success is tied to that. And think, think about it this way, okay? So the Dynamo, the Dynamo, is also going to be uh, helped in this regard because they're going to focus them. So, like, say, let's say next year they'll have enough depth to not only play MLS but also play in the Open Cup. And you get like one or two players from RGD to play some Open Cup matches, but fact that now most of these players are, continu are continuously being developed with RGD, when they do need them, when they grab them for Open Cup, you're going to get a lot more highly developed players Absolutely. that you won't really see much of a quality gap between yeah. your your second and third string MLSers and your first string uh, USLers. Yep. Yep. And so that is going to help uh, the Dynamo be competitive and yes, from now on in these couple of years after this, especially if we win this cup, yeah, we should hold them to the standard of minimum a, minimum a quarterfinal. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, let's do this, if you don't mind. Um, can we end down in the valley and actually go to a Generation Orange thing? With the, uh, I know you already got the graphics in your head. Which direction should we take that day? Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to switch the, the, the presentation. Let me see if I can do so it while I'm still... Uh, well, I mean, we could take a five-minute break. Yeah. Back. So uh, let's do that. Go ahead and close out your show. Um, your show. See, that sounds, mm -hmm. that sounds good. Doesn't yeah. It? Uh, so let's close out your show, and then uh, when we come back, we'll uh, start up Generational Orange. The only reason we want to do that is because I think we'll get extra viewers that way. Uh, yes. And I think we can point them back to Down in the Valley for you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, so We are ahead. at five right now. All right. Well, let's get that to ten. All right, guys. So um, thank you guys for joining us here. In this episode of uh, Down in the Valley, really appreciate uh, your support. Uh, thank you, Blues fan, for another $1 donation. Woo! Really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody who left a like on this video, who have shared this video with your friends, who have left your opinions uh, and your hot takes uh, on the YouTube chat. Really appreciate it. Uh, from all of us here, Sean, uh, Ray, Jacob, and I, really appreciate all, all, your, all your support. Uh, but that's it for today for Down in the Valley. Uh, we are coming back, like I said, in five minutes for Generation Orange. We will be talking more in depth about the, the Open Cup match that happened yesterday. Uh, be sure to check out the, uh, our friends at the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, check out their website at bgn.fm. Follow them on Twitter and on Facebook at the BGNFM. As well as uh, be sure to, to be on the lookout whenever race articles come out on BGN Written as well. Follow him at cardpicker86. Follow Jacob uh, at jacob456. 
Uh, and be sure to check out all our podcasts on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play Store, Stitcher, uh, as well as on YouTube and on downonthergd.com whenever we do have articles uh, posted up there uh, as well. Also, be sure to subscribe to Down in the Valley Gaming, uh, where we will we will continuously try to, to add more content uh, to that channel. So if you haven't subscribed already, be sure to uh, subscribe. I know Sean has plans of actually uploading some stuff in the future to the channel yeah, as well. some different stuff that people aren't used to seeing. Yeah, so be sure to be on the lookout uh, for that as well. Be sure to also check out the BGN uh, Network's uh, primary sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, www.roughneckscarves.com. They are the official scarf supplier of USL, MLS, and NCAA. So we'll see you guys next Wednesday. It should be a Wednesday. Um, I don't think there's any midweek matches that I don't know. Yeah. So next Wednesday at 7 p.m., be sure to join us for another episode of Down in the Valley, episode number 33. Uh, hopefully we will talk about uh, the fact that, it, that a match wasn't played in the middle of Ashes. So uh, we'll see each other until next time. Take care. It's almost Doris. We are close. See you again.